I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> Are you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that yeah. much of a threat. You know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. Sandfields. Oh, <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. Oh, it's Anfield. It's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it. It's not my fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Tell them. Tell them. The Breakdown Podcast. So what's good, people? You're tuned into the Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by the Football Supplement. This is episode 14. We've got um, two panel members here today. What are you saying, Kofi? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, boy, it's been it's been a bit of a mad weekend, you know. Um, Jorginho coming and doing madnesses and all the rest of it. But hey, we move, man. There's another game. On to, on to midweek. Love it. Midweek games. Good to have them Listen, Tuchel's blaming the lights, bro, at Stamford Bridge. That is a yeah. new one. Nah, you Cop know what's mad? the wind. <laughs> you know what's mad, yeah? I don't, I'm not even going to lie to you. Now, obviously, Jorginho's told him, told him that. And obviously, that's what he's come out and said. I, I, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Flood, you know, night, night, is it um, Saturday night football? <laughs> it's in the floodlights. The high ball's high. The way he controls it. Uh, to be honest, yeah, you just went wrong, man. You should just take that out. No, you shouldn't man. have even said we're, 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 listen, <laughs> we're not having the wind. We're not having the rain. We're not having the lights. No. <laughs> what are you saying, T? I'm here, man. You know, just keep it going on, man. You know, keep rolling. Like Kofi said, midweek football, I'm looking forward to that, man. This is the right season, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good to have so many games back-to-back. Corn starts flying team start, you know what I mean? The results start happening. This is the business part of the season, to be completely honest. The Breakdown Podcast. Yeah, Everton on the slide. Everton are, Everton are playing against um, Liverpool. Um, I must side, Derby, yeah? Mm, Wednesday. They're ready, Ominous, to hold some, they're ready to hold some corn, man. Liverpool, the, the Slayers. They're... <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool just been clearing managers, boy. Mm, yeah, it's true. Klopp's got a couple man. He's got a couple man. He's got a couple <laughs> skeletons. Can't lie. It would be it, it would be it would be a, a bit of a story if it was Rafa in it. Like, you know what? With Everton, yeah, uh-huh. it's 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 a bit of a funny one because obviously they've had a lot of investment over the last couple of years, and in this season it was like, oh, there's a couple of different signings here. Townsend, Gray, okay, not really big money. And they started the season well. Let's not forget, they started the season well. It's only the West Ham result. They lost 1-0 to West Ham. They got turned over and then it started to slide. And then they also got the injuries. Calvert-Lewin, massive, massive injury. He's a massive miss, man. Massive for them. Especially, I'm pretty sure that like Rafa would have just planned all around DCO. Because that's his strategy, right? Big man up front. He loves it. We've seen it everywhere he's gone, pretty much. Um, and I think with, with DCO on the sidelines, Richarlison in and out. The Corey is a huge one as well. He's been out. Um, and then just like a bit of inconsistency on the back line. Mina's been out here and there. They've been decimated with injuries, basically. The Mari Gray has, has missed. I think he came back. Uh, against Brentford, oh, did he come back? Been, yeah, yeah, he, he, he came off the bench. Like oh. they've been decimated with injuries, though, man. I feel a bit bad for them, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, they are the sticky toppies, isn't it? Spoken by a true Liverpool fan. Just, just let, just ways. letting the, all the listeners know that's a Liverpool fan talking right there. Not all of us feel that way. But, but, but <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. T, T ain't lying though. He's not lying. Um. It, it just seems as though their form has really coincided with the injuries they've got, especially the Decore one. The Decore mm-hmm. one, even when um, Calvert Lewin, I think there was, I think there may have been one or two games that Decore was out, even when Calvert Lewin was in, and you could just see there was a drop in energy in the middle of the park and all the rest of it. And I think even Rafa even spoke about the importance of Decore and his attacking presence from midfield and all the rest of it um, early on in the season. So to not even have him around. It's just completely finished. I, mean, I don't even know who plays in the middle of their park anymore uh, alongside 
Allen. Allen. Yeah. So it's Allen and who? Is it Davis? It's been, it's been, yeah. So it was the Corey and Allen that was working well. Yeah. And then um, who's it now? It's been Davis. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. so you look at Davis's game and he doesn't give you the same sort of the same sort of thrust from midfield that the Corey gives you. And already, that's like literally goal threat, an actual genuine goal threat, just just wiped away. And that was even with um that was even without um DCL being about as mm. well. But DCL mm. being out for as long as he's been is even mad. I didn't think the injury that he got was that that peak for him to be out for so long. But yeah. clearly, yeah. clearly mm. the missing the big man is is definitely just killed them. And Richarlison, he's been in and out of the team as well, like injuries and all the rest of it. So he's been the, the, should I say underwhelming, but I can't really blame him either. So mm. I don't know. He hasn't had a break. It... Nah. Bro, he didn't have a break. Weird. He came back. He came back from what was the tournament? I think was it Copa America this summer? It wasn't yeah, Copa America, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came back and displayed. He didn't have a break at all. You see? Just and started then, playing. Yeah. And th- th- see, this these are these are things like um you see the whole Pedri thing that's happened with Barca, like mm. Pe- Pedri's now out all of a sudden, exhaustion. Players, mm. I, I, I admire players wanting to come back and really get, you know, hit the ground running and play and all the rest of it. But sometimes you've really, really got to listen to your body. And, you know, in a funny way, I even speak about, I even dropped Ben Chilwell in this as well. Did any of you man notice that Ben Chilwell didn't actually start the season? Obviously, Chuchu went, yes. went, went with Alonso first. Yes, yes. But, this is but, an interesting story. Yeah. But, but obviously, it's not because... Alonso is better than Chilwell. It's because Chilwell decided, even though he didn't play a game in the Euros, he decided that he was going to go on holiday instead of actually coming mm. back, coming straight back to training. And I think Tuchel had an issue with that. Do, do you know what I mean? So he went with Alonso, who showed up to training and was basically there from the start of preseason. But I think even Chilwell doing what he did, but I think mentally just switching off football. Whether Chicho agrees with it or not, switching off football is so important mentally. So, um, yeah, Everton, just looking at their players now, I'm just thinking, yeah, they 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 look shot, and I don't know what I don't know where they go from here, boy. If he lost about them, I don't know happens Rafa. I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't know. It's mad. I don't I don't know what the approach to football is though from Everton at the moment. Obviously, they're they're decimated with injuries, but like mm. there's certain things that just don't make sense. Like Solomon Rondon is so finished, yeah. As a as as an entity, so finished, and obviously he relies on service now because his legs ain't the same. I've watched him in person this season, and his legs aren't the same. He hasn't got the same thrust. He hasn't got the same zip. You know, um, he seems to be quite cumbersome now. It's just like he needs everything into feet. Not much mm-hmm. balls in behind. Um, you know, he's not the player that he was when Rafa Benitez had him before. So obviously they're having to rely on him. Um, the brightest spark in their team is Damari Gray, obviously. And Josh Townsend, it's weird because he's he, he can show flashes of brilliance. But his problem, and his problem over the years, to be honest, probably the reason why he never really kicked on. He's had a good career, don't get me wrong. To be playing Premier League football as much as he has done, he's been good. But probably the reason why he, he didn't be, go on to become, you know, something like touching world-class level is the consistency. Just pure inconsistency. You can't have patchy form, you know, and and expect to kind of for things to happen. So he had a purple patch where he was doing well, um, and he's you know starting to smack in the screamers and stuff. And you know he's capable. I don't feel like with Andrew Townsend, it's a case of ability. You know what I mean? Because mm. he can stand up and beat a man. He can. He you know he has pace. You know what I'm saying? He can whip a good crossing. His crossing action and his shooting action is very very good. It's just a case of sometimes decision-making and sometimes just generally speaking, grabbing a game by the scruff of the neck, he needs to do that more often for the team. Damari Gray can't be the only one that is, do you know what I mean, that's kind of unorthodox and that's able to do it, him being out as well. But I also think that as a team, the ethos is a bit is a bit strange, right? The ethos is a bit strange. I saw I saw something saying that Dina doesn't have any assists this season. A left-back Dina. That's mad. That's mad. He doesn't have any assists or he has one assist or something. And I'm like, See, there's a problem. Seamus Coleman on the other side. Everton have to have flying wingbacks. I don't uh-huh. care who the coach is. You must have flying wingbacks. It's, it's, it goes, it's as far back as a tradition as you want to look at it. Everton, you know when you talk about teams' DNAs, 
Everton must play with fullbacks that fly forward. There's no two ways about it. So if you have them just pinned back and sitting back, and and it, that should ring big alarm bells. If somebody as as creative and somebody as um, skilled and technical as um, Dina hasn't got any assists or isn't bombing forward as much, for me that's where the alarm bell starts to ring. What's this approach to football? Why why are we sitting back and looking to soak up kind of thing with no thrust? Then the second thing is like, I believe that the game plan or what they what they were supposed to do, what they thought they were going to do was um, bank on, like you say, DCL. The big long ball up to DCL, the hold-up play, flicking it off, getting into the box, that sort of thing. But then you've got to have a plan, you know, a, a plan B. Do you know what mm. I mean? And, and Rafa's kind of moving like yesterday's man with still sticking to that approach. So I think it's it's difficult to see what the approach to football is and whether that's going to be successful. Do you know what I mean? Like just the approach play. Because you think about the game against Liverpool, how are they going to approach that? Are they going to sit back again against Liverpool? Yeah, and they'll get annihilated if they do that. Oh, man. It's going to be a bloodbath if they do that. Do you know what I mean? Um and and I think that's the difficult thing because and and it's weird with Everton because we've seen loads of managers in Everton, loads they've yeah. had loads, Cooman yeah. and Martinez and um what's the brother's name from um, Watford? I knew oh, Silver. <laughs> I knew he was thinking about oh. him. Yeah, Silver. Yeah, Silver, yeah. shocking. Yeah, yeah. Silver. Yeah. Big Sam. Big Sam been in there. Big Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Sam been yeah. in. Loads of you know loads of different managers. But it just it doesn't seem for whatever reason it just doesn't seem to be to be right. And their fans, you know, you knew this already. They were going to start to get onto Rafa as soon as things started to um, oh. go left. But I just think it's not a good. Have you thing. Seen that clip? Have you seen that that clip? There's a there's a really really there's a mad clip. Yes, of I fans. saw it of fans yeah, swearing at uh, yeah. Benitez. It wasn't Benitez swearing at the players. Yeah, the players come over to clap. Yeah, and then the fans, the, and then I think there was one of the guys. I think it was Gordon, who's the youth player. Mm, He's just yeah. standing there at the end, looking at them, thinking, "Rah, like, <laughs> how, how? What am I? What's happening here?" And then yeah. I think he gets pulled away and stuff like that. So there's obviously disharmony. Um, yeah, but so so, what do you think in terms of like solutions? Like, how can you? <laughs> how 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 could they potentially turn turn that around on the pitch? What 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 do they need to do differently? Well, I think for me, it starts at the back. So I don't really... They, they've got a couple of ways of approaching things. For me, they've actually got some good raw minerals at the back. Like, I don't think Pickford, as much as there has been said about Pickford, I'm not his biggest fan, but I don't think he's the worst keeper in the world. I think I think he's improved, you know, over the seasons. And, you know, he, he probably needs a bit of a solid environment around him. And, like, you know, he, he could be okay. He could be decent. But in front of him... I think is where you've got the issue because you've got Michael Keane and you've got Yerry Mina. And I think neither of them have a good amount of like a turn of pace. They, they're both they're both quite slow. They can't, they don't react. And there's a lot of unforced errors from those two guys. And for me, I'm kind of sitting there thinking, well, you've got you've got um Mason Holgate. Mm. You've got um you've got um um Godfrey. You got Godfrey there. Why are you not using these guys who are maybe maybe they're a bit raw, but you know, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm probably doing the whole game a bit of a disservice. He's not even raw, he's been around for a long time. And um, he's a very, very good defender, in my opinion, but just needs a run in the, in the side. And if, for me as well, you, you've got to look at the likes of Seamus Coleman. I mean, come on, Seamus Coleman, we're talking about <laughs> Leighton Baines, Tony Hibbert, these kind of type. Come on, man, it's time to. Get, you know, blood in some 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 someone new there. You know, give a fresh opportunity to, to some youth, which is which is what you mentioned, Marky. Everton are, are that's what they're about. They bring through the youth. They're a very traditional club. They've always got good support. You know, they 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 that's what they do. They they bring through their youth players, and I've I've not really seen that much evidence of that. Um, so I think basically it should start with the back line. They need a bit of consistency. Rafa's chopped and changed. It's a four at the back some weeks. It's a three at the back other weeks. It's like, listen, get your two centre-backs there, develop a relationship, cut out the unforced errors, and then get your left-back and your right-back there solid and build from there. Obviously, mm. there, there's not much that you, you can do with regards to the injury situation. I think there's a few of them coming back now. The Corey, I think, is, is maybe on his way back. And we said the Mario Gray on his way back and stuff as well. But it's just about consistency, really, in your selection because 
if one week you're you're playing Alan and you're playing the Corey and then you're playing um Iwobi in the center, it's like how are they gonna build these relationships? The breakdown podcast. This is the mm. thing that like, Rondon as well, it doesn't really make sense. As you said, Mark, you already his his legs are gone. Play grey up there, play somebody mobile. Have a plan B, do something different. Because Rondon, I'm sorry, but Newcastle days was a, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it's not running no more. It's not running no more. Let's let's just let's just call a spade a spade, you know. Um, and if if you're not if you're not going to play grey, you know, have, find another solution. Raph is an experienced coach, man. It's disappointing seeing like you know him doing the same thing over and over again. It's it's just not working. Well, I'm sure there there, there must be a youth product somewhere, you know. Um, yeah, I look at some of the transfer decisions they've made, and this is probably a little bit on a on another topic, a bit of a tangent. So like some of these decisions have just been shocking. Really, really, they spent a shed load of money, and it's like, well, what do you have to show for it now? Mm. You know? Um, but for me, yeah, it starts at the back, man. Get some consistency, get Holgate and Godfrey in, and build from there. Yeah, they need, they need to stop playing the three at the back. Um, I, I watched that three at the back, and it was incredibly rigid. It was just terrible. It was There was gaps... And it's it's weird to say that about a raffle team, but there was gaps all over mm. the shot, especially the balls over the top. Oh my days! Yerimina did not like it defending that wide. He hated it, absolutely hated it. Leon Bailey just ran him ragged when I when I saw him, and it's like they need to stop playing the three at the back. Like you say, like they're a team. The back four is important. They're playing the back four and making sure that they can play the balls forward quickly. Um, but get those players forward. Also, I feel like in the midfield there's an issue. Um, yeah, big issue. The, the, the balance is, is off, right? Um, the balance is off. Uh, I don't believe... I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Alan. Like, mm. I remember I'm you saying this. I'm not a big fan of him. Yeah, he sometimes is a bit leggy. I feel like he's... he's. You can tell that he played in Napoli. You can tell he played in a very structured team because yeah. when he picks up the ball, it's like what he, what, he, what he will do often is look to keep playing that... Um, you know, either the square pass or keep playing the, the eight-yard pass, right? It's always the eight-yard pass, but he's not going to drive for the ball. Mm. And Everton, they need someone to drive from that midfield with the ball, hence you're saying Decore is missing. The balance is just off. And then defensively, Alan commits quite a lot of fouls. Um, you know, he, he just sticks his foot in, breaks up play a lot. It's just in terms of it gelling, you know what I mean? They've tried um, Fabian Delph in there as well. And Delph has mm. been all right, actually, for them. Delph has been all right. Obviously, you know, um, now fitness for him is not consistent. So I think in midfield, there is the, the, the balance is just a little bit off. Um, the front three, oh, oh, the, the, like you say, remove Rondon, take him out, and maybe put him on for the last 20 minutes if a team's sitting in and you actually want to cross the ball in for somebody to head, because I'm sure he that he definitely can do, right? He can still be a threat in the air. And that's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like set pieces are a big, are a big plus, can be a big plus for Everton. You know what I mean? Working on set pieces, because Yerry Mina's fantastic in the air. Do you know what I mean? You, they've got a few yeah. players. Decore, you know what I mean? He'll rise and he'll get there. So I feel like working off the set pieces, Michael Keane is not bad in the air. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like that's it. And I wouldn't ever want to see Everton doing the slow build-up play. That's one thing I would say. I'm glad that even even if they fire um, Rafa, I don't want to see Everton do slow slow build-up play. play. It just doesn't suit them. And their fans, it's just like, you know, like a, a, a heritage of a football club, as yeah. Marino would say, right? Football heritage, yeah? They have to play high-octane football. There's just no, there's no two ways about it. Like, you know, um, so for me, it's it's uh, potentially yeah removing Rondon up there, um, Andros Townsend, Damari Gray. I think Gordon looked good on the weekend. That you, the young player that they've got, he looked yeah. decent, looked a bit mm. yeah, looked decent, looked a bit raw. Um, but I would say those those to me are the solutions. Like um, from from my perspective, no, I, I, I definitely hear that. I, I definitely mm. hear that, and um, yeah, I think they need to go back to basics. But you're, you're talking about Rafa here. Rafa is someone that doesn't conform to, you know, the club traditions and the way that the club are used to their teams playing all the rest of it. Hence why I think a lot of Everton fans were, not besides the Liverpool links, were totally against him coming in because you look at his last side that he managed in Newcastle. And I, and I know Newcastle, he did a really good job. 
but a really good job for Newcastle mm. because of the type of players that Newcastle had at their disposal and the, the situation they were in. Um, Everton have aspirations of trying to make it into Europe and break into the top six and all the rest of it, right? Um, a forward-thinking manager would have been would have been the way to go, but to go with Rafa, I, I just feel like you you just gone with a negative guy that's just there to maybe just get results when when it go when it gets really hairy, and that's not what you want. Like, you know, you've gone and bought Rondon. I mean, we've spoken about him already at length already, but you bought this guy for five million pounds, um, but you bought a guy that's played played in China for two years in the Chinese league for two years, and you can definitely see what that two years has done to him as a player. <laughs> yeah. You can really, really, really see it. And I think I even read somewhere that he's now on a on a boxing regime to try and build up his fitness and all the rest of it. Do you know what wow. I mean? So if you look at how late they purchased him in the window to actually bring him in, he never had a proper preseason with these guys. So he's just come and he's, just put it straight, he's just not in Premier League shape. Let's just put yeah. it right. He's not in Premier And you can really see it when he plays. Like you said, Marky, like, he, he, he wants the ball to feet. He can't do the whole in-behind stuff that he used to be able to do. And obviously, he's ageing. But at that, I'm sorry. Like, if you're, in, if you're not even in shape to play, you shouldn't even just be getting into the starting eleven. So that's poor from Rafa. <laughs> Loyalty shouldn't even be a thing. And I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's just poor. It's poor from him. And you know what? He shouldn't... The thing is, I don't even think he expected to play like as much as he's playing. I can do imagine you know I mean? so. 100%. I thought he was going to be the second. I think he thought he was going to be the second fiddle. Do you know mm. what I mean? But you know, when you're in that situation, it's mad. But yeah. So, so do you think if he loses, if by the time this is out, the game won't have happened? I think the game's on Tuesday, right? Um, Tuesday. Wednesday. Uh, oh, Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, first mm. of December. So, mm. do you think if he loses, um, the next game he's going to get sacked straight away? Uh, no. I don't. I don't think he does, for two reasons. The first reason is I think Everton are in a bit of a sticky financial situation, hence their their transfer business in the summer. Um, and I also think that they they may look at it through the lens of okay, you've had a lot of injuries to deal with, and you started the season reasonably well, um, because it, it wasn't long ago that I think it was Everton that Burnley game. Remember that Burnley game on a Monday night, and they were they were. They were pretty impressive, so mm-hmm. I think they might give him a bit more time. Well, listen, let's hope so, because I mean, like you said, I mean, at the start of the season they started off really, really hot, and that went against what I believed was a Rafa sort of approach. But it just seems that like now he's kind of, you know, gone back to that safety net. Like he's gone back to what he's used mm-hmm. to, just you know, sort of cuddled that a bit. But it's the wrong thing to do, even with the second fiddle players that they've got. Now, let me not call them second fiddle. That sounds really disrespectful. But, you know, the backup players that they've actually got, um, he should still try to keep that ethos going just to kind of ingrain it in the team. Um, but, yeah, I don't see him I don't see him getting sacked. Um, if it's really resounding, ugh, maybe. But uh, I just can't see it. Not at this time of the season. And, again, there's always the question, who would they get? I mean, they could get, they could get anybody, but realistically, I mean... Who comes in and takes Everton forward? Um, Rafa just doesn't strike me as a long-term manager um, at Everton, so they might, so they might have a plan going forward. But yeah, it's really hard. Give it, man. Give it, give it big Duncan Ferguson to the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, they could go that way again. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's mad. Um, so, but my thing is, if, if Everton, if the Everton fans create a hostile environment, he's gone. Because I think that's probably, mm. you know, one of the hottest uh, atmospheres in terms of just the ground in general. When they're for you, of course, it's 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 a good it's a good place to be. When they're not, when they're against you, it's just not. It's <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it can get quite toxic there. So even if he doesn't go straight after they they play against Liverpool, um, you know, if they if they do lose, uh, the you know, it will be interesting. They're not. I I I'd be very surprised if they beat Liverpool. Um, or even get a draw, um, unless they absolutely park the bus. But I just think Liverpool have got far too much quality, um, especially in the midfield, to be able to, to to break them down. But a win, though, on the other hand, that would that change? Do you think that would change much for Everton? Not really. It would have to. 
Mm, I, I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think mm. so. I don't think it changes much for them because the performances are still going to be scrutinised. You see, no one is expecting Everton to win to beat Liverpool. Should they do it? Obviously, you know, there's great bragging rights for the, for the locals and all the rest of it, right? But we know what we know what derby games are like. Anything can happen. You see, should Everton go and beat Liverpool? Everyone is really looking at their very next game. I don't know who they're playing against afterwards, but should they lose that next game? Oh, it's going to be even it's worse. Yeah. It's back. <laughs> so, um, if they put in a performance and lose, then it's something for these lot to hold on to, but they've got to put in a performance. Yeah. I just don't see it happening, though, man. Yeah, just, it sounds like with Everton, they've got to get the players back from injury. Um the style's probably not going to change that much based on the coach, but it might change based on the players available. So, boy, we, we, we just have to see. We have to see. You have to see what happens um, and whether Rafa's still in the job. Just just quickly, though, to round up on Everton, do you think by the end of December, Rafa's still going to be in the job? Oh. Um... Quickly, yes, no. You reckon so? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Cool. What yes. about you, Kofi? Yes, you'll be in the job. You'll be in the job. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> I very much doubt it. Very, very. Much. I think the more they play, um, I mean, it, it could turn around. They're not. They're not dire. We're not talking about relegation just yet, or anything like that. Um, but I just think that it's a ticking time bomb. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's waiting to happen. They're, they're one sort of hiding and thumping away um, from it happening. But <laughs> And you know how this season, it's been so trigger-happy in the Premier League in terms of managers. So would that be number seven? That's number seven, right? I think six have gone or five or six have gone. Yeah, I think it's six. Um, I think six have gone, six, yeah. Six have gone, that would be number seven. I, I wonder if that's a record. I'm sure it has to be a record. By this, time, by this time of the season, I think it is, you know. <laughs> I think it is November. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but that seems to have worked. So, obviously, another team that have changed their manager. Interesting. We talk about obviously Rafa Benitez, Newcastle. Newcastle haven't won a game in the Premier League all season. Thirteen games in, like lost two 0 against Arsenal on the weekend. Like, do you think they can stay up? That's that's, that's the first question. Do you think Newcastle can stay up? I'm laughing because because I just the, the Eddie Howe thing just makes me laugh, man. I'm not gonna lie. When I, I think about like the task at hand, like like on one hand, I kind of see what they what they're doing, and I I think conversations with Marky maybe it made me feel okay, yeah, maybe not so bad. But then I think about Eddie Howe and, and like nah, Bournemouth, like nah, this is this is not. I'm not sure this makes sense. <laughs> I'm not sure this makes sense. Um, what was the question, bro? Sorry, like, can can, can I? Do you think them... can they? Yeah, can they stay up? For, you know, thirteen game haven't won a game. Six points on the board. Can't can't can... you know? Can't do any transfers until January, based yeah. on what they have and the manager they have, the setup they have. Do you think yeah. they can get out of? Do you think they can escape relegation? Six points, so they need thirty-four mm. points to guarantee it. It's gonna to be tough. I think they can though. I think they've got enough quality to to do it. Um, they can. Whether they will is a different question. They, but they definitely can. For me, looking at it, I, I think they're. In, I think that the reality is that they're in big trouble, huge trouble. Obviously, we don't know what what the January window is gonna look like. But I w- They don't look doomed to me. Um, but if you ask me, will they go down? If you ask me now, like I think there's a big possibility. They could go down, mm. um, but it really depends on on their January because they could go out and they could get you know I've seen links to that Tarkovsky and you know they could go and plug in you know uh, you know uh, a mid to, to to top end keeper you know they could go and get somebody from abroad who you know you know a, a, a Coutinho or somebody like that you, you, you just never know really um, which could change the fortune of the season but. I think as as things stand now, it looks very very dangerous. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get into the detail, but yeah, if you ask me, it's looking dangerous for them, slippery. Mm. 
Kofi, what do you think? Can gonna, can Newcastle stay up? I'm not gonna lie to you. History is really, really against them now. 13, 13 games gone, no, no wins. I, I don't know. I can't remember the actual stat. I don't know if it was you that said it on the weekend, but I think the only team that have been able to survive um, the first thirteen games without a win was um, was it Sunderland or was it someone like Derby County? But ages ago, ages mm. ago. The breakdown podcast. And it, that stat alone is just—it's just mind-boggling. I know they've drawn—they've drawn six games. And this is the thing—they've drawn six. That's their six points. They've just drawn six. Like, and I just think to myself, yo, so you're drawing games. In those games as well that we've drawn, there've been—they've been quite a few goals in those games. So the so the leaky defense is definitely an issue. Saying Maximin, on on one hand, is, and funny enough, is having a really good season. In a, in a funny type of way, he's having a real big impact, but it's just not reflecting in the, in the amount of points they're getting. I just don't... Right now, I just don't see how they are going to survive. And with Eddie Howard Helm as well, I'm not sure. Um, I know they wanted more attacking ethos and all the rest of it to try and get away from what Bruce was producing. But I, I just think system-wise and yeah, organisation, I'm just not sure, man. I'm not sure about them at all. The fr- I think I think the five at the back, three at the back thing, at this point in time, for them to survive, I think they've got to try and come away from that. It's just way too negative. And then they need to play St. Maximum up top. That's another thing. Stop playing out wide. Don't do mm. it. Just play them up top with Wilson. Let yeah. them two go and do their damage. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So you think they can stay up? Or you, you, no? You think they can stay up? I, I, I agree with T. It will depend on what their January is saying. I think after January, we kind of look at it and then see where they kind of go from there. But at this moment in time right now, I just can't see it. I can't see where they're going to pick up enough points over the course of the season to be able to allow them to stay up. Because the, the mm. guys, the teams ahead of them, we know Burnley are going to go on this run. You just know it's coming. I know Burnley are only three points ahead of them on nine points. But you just know Burnley are going to pick up eventually. Norwich are on nine points. Norwich would dead and gone a couple of weeks ago. But all of a sudden, now they've got a couple of positive results here there. Um, Leeds, I mean, they didn't win for you. You quite remember what I said at the start of the season. And I was I had a fear about Leeds as well, possibly going down. I wasn't, but it's showing now. And then Watford. Newcastle, yeah, I, I feel like at this moment in time, they look like they're going down, man. I think they will. Yeah. I think they will. And it's a pity. It's different. Yeah, it's difficult. I think uh, I think they can stay up, but I think it requires uh, more time on the training pitch. Um, they need they, they need to they need to train properly on a few key things that I've looked. At. Obviously, we'll get into the tactics of it all, but um, I think they can stay up definitely um, because there's just some schoolboy errors that they're doing defensively. Um, that I think if they fix those, then it can help with their attacking football. And I do think that Eddie Howe is going to have more of a positive influence on the side where it comes to definitely building up attacks, 100%. Um, but also just the defensive structure, I do think that he's going to make them more aware individually of their responsibilities as opposed to anything else. So I do think they'll do that. And then also they have the luxury of having the bank and having January, you know, having a blank checkbook and being able to sign whoever they want. Um, and if you can do that, and 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 somebody like an Eddie Howe, who I, I, I think is a very good coach, and I think he's he understands the game very well. I think somebody like him will make the right smart signings because you're giving him a blank checkbook in January. And, for example, he goes and buys a centre-forward, you know, um, who's able to score, for example. Um, it's not necessarily saying they're going to go after the names, um, but I think they can go and they can find some gems, you know. Um, so I think I do believe that Newcastle will stay up this season. Um, I do believe they'll pick up points, but it's 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 going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill struggle, and they'll need to to have a sudden um, turnaround. You know, there's certain players that will need to grab it by the scruff of the neck and keep going, um, which is interesting. So, like, how do you think on the pitch you fix? Newcastle how do, how do you fix them like what can you do to fix what they're currently trying to do at the moment like I watched them against Arsenal um, on the weekend 
And one of the biggest things that I saw was they were in position because they played with the back four on the weekend. And um, mm. they were in position very well. That was good. But down Newcastle's right-hand side and uh, Arsenal's left-hand side, Newcastle, they just kept getting drawn to the ball. They can't help themselves. So third man running is always on with Newcastle. Always on. Because you play the first pass, they're going to get sucked to the ball. Just let somebody make a run on the inside. All of a sudden, they're out of their shape. So they start off well. You know, and they even did this under Bruce. It seems like they were, they've been coached to be in positions, but then once they're in the position, it's like just a numbers game as opposed to actually a thinking sort of thing where you're now in your positions, right? You've got your two banks of four or your bank of five and your bank of four, for example, if you're playing five, four, one, as they were doing before. But if you're playing a four, four, two formation or whatever, you've got your two banks of four. You need to stay in your positions. You can't be getting dragged out, you know? And I do feel like this is the one thing that they need to learn to do. And any players that are likely and susceptible to being dragged all over the place and dragged out, you need to get them out of the team. And you need to have more functional players who are able to be quite disciplined because it's about stopping, you know, not conceding as many goals. That's the first the first thing to do, you need to stop conceding the goals. But mo- like it, I think T, even you said it, the gaps that they used to leave, you know, the amount of gaps. There was less on the weekend against mm. Arsenal, admittedly, definitely. It was way less gaps and they shut it out quite quite, um, quite well and stuff like that. But again, getting dragged out of position, that for me screams out pre-season and it screams out they didn't work on this before. It didn't just come out of nowhere. You have a whole preseason to talk about this, do diagrams on this, have loads of um, tough sessions where you're being drilled about sort of distances and making sure that um, if you're playing in that way and you're going to sit in, you need to you need to play with your zone in mind. You can't play with the man in mind. You have to play with your zone in mind. The only time where you start playing against your man is in the one-on-one duels. And even then, you're still trying to dictate as much as possible. But Newcastle, it's like they're not trying to dictate when they're in defence. It's like they're just reacting to what's going on and eventually just getting picked off. So for me, one of the big things to fix in it is making sure that they're not getting dragged out of position as much in defence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, man. I think that's that's an excellent... There were the excellent points you make. Um, for me, when I think about Eddie Howe, I think of expansion. I think that I think of a higher line and I think of risk with Eddie Howe in terms of that. I think his sides, you know, his early boom of sides when they came up, they were they played good football, they played a higher line and they were expansive in their game. And I, I, I can see that creeping in with Newcastle because one, one of the things I've been looking for since he come in is that how the players speak about what they're learning and what, what they're trying to do. And the soul straight away was that, yeah, you know, we're learning about how to transition this deep line into a higher line. And I have big worries about that because I think, you know, when we talk about manager selection and manager recruitment, you've got to look at the the, the trajectory of where they've come from. And if you're, you're looking at a lineage of Steve Bruce, Rafa Benitez, I'm not sure he was before Rafa. I don't know if it was Allardyce or, or, or someone. I can't I can't quite remember. Um, but it, they've been kind of this this deep lion shape. Is is has been so ingrained within that crop of players. They've had this crop of players for a long time as well. And um, for me, it's when there's that big shift, when there's a mindset shift, which is quite drastic during the season, especially when you're about to come across this run of games where now you know we, we know after this period of games, we, we, we know where everyone stands pretty much. Um, and for me, I think maybe the risk that Eddie Howe may be taking is transitioning that line forward too quickly. Um, I think that there may be more effective ways of him maybe easing that that line forward instead of taking that amount of risk because the gaps are just, for me, they, they, they still exist. For me, there's still that space. There's still um, these little pockets and lapses of concentration. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't see Eddie Howe as fixing those those issues. Maybe he can, but I don't. That's not what comes to me initially. Um, 
let's just let's just say this: the next two games, they have to win those games, whichever way that they do it, they have to because they're six pointers. You've got Norwich and you've got Burnley. You have to win those games because after it, you've got Leicester, Liverpool, City, United. I can't see Newcastle picking up points in those games. And that's that's a, in that period of time is where those games are coming thick and fast. And we, you start picking up momentum. I can't remember the phrase you, you, you used, Marky. It was like the, that, that losing streak when you start to accept it. You, you, mm. you mentioned it with like Villa and it's like... It's like a momentum thing when you start to accept it and it's just that's just how it's going for you. That's the danger. And before you know it, January, February, you've not picked up many points. There you go. You know, so for me, how do you fix it? Um, stop taking as big a risk as what he's taking because I think right now what he's probably teaching them to do, I think maybe a bit of a leap at the moment especially for the likes of Lascelles and your Fabian Charles and these kind of guys, you probably need to ease it in a little bit um, and prioritise winning those next two games, get six points on the board, whichever way you, you have to do that and then take it from there. Kof, what do you think? How, how, how would you, how do you fix it from a Newcastle perspective tactically? Well, yeah. well like, like, I think I think I even mentioned before, you know, Depending on the shape that you play, try and get Alan St. Maximin as close to the goal as possible, number one, because he is your main danger man alongside Callum Wilson, right? So if you're looking for output of goals, that's what you've got to look at. But then um, from a defensive structure point of view, I mean, Mark, I totally take a point. Watching them against Arsenal on the weekend, there, there was a noticeable improvement in their shape, there were less gaps for Arsenal to actually play for, and Arsenal found it really difficult to actually break Newcastle down in stages. And then Newcastle on the flip side also looks quite dangerous on counter-attacks and all the rest of it as well. So these are all positives. Um, my, my only worry is, like you said, like you mentioned, are these guys going to be able to understand and get how to actually move off the ball, you know, certain triggers to look for when when maybe trying to box a side in or maybe trying to trap them and all the rest of it and be able to get the ball and have enough quality on the ball to progress it forward. Because, I mean, we've been used to Newcastle's way of playing for a long time already. And like you said, T, it's, been, it's almost been ingrained in them. It's low block, get the ball as qu quickly as possible to the guys up front and let them go and do their thing. And we saw elements of that against New against Arsenal again as well. I don't know if you remember that, that there, was, there was a segment where Alan St. Maximum picked up the ball and then I think I right. tried to chase him. Was trying to chase him. He ran in the circle. <laughs> he ran for everyone, yeah. But but it's 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 the whole as good as it looks, yeah, and as funny as it looks to us, we're just thinking Alan is doing this thing again where he's just pick up the ball and just traveling with the ball because there's no one to show for it. There's no set way of playing all the rest of it. And and, and don't get me wrong, I know it's only Eddie Howe's second game, so obviously there's time that has to be taken into account all the rest of it but you just have to hope they break out that cycle and that's what I'm saying so I think going forward tactically if they could break out that cycle and actually find a pattern pattern of playing building up from the back having a bit of stability and getting their main men in and around the goal I think they should be fine but it's just currently right now as they stand if they continue they'll go down there's no if buts and maybe about it mm. you're saying that Alan St. Maximum has had the most amount of carries in the Premier oh. League of any player, you know. Distance. It's, it's, it's even the distance. Distance carried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's mad. It's actually mad. So, he's showing. And I think maybe, I believe, Eddie Howe might change some of that stuff as well. Because I, so. I don't think he wants people to run with the ball. I think he wants the ball to do the work. He strikes mm. me as that kind of coach. He wants the ball to do the work and players to be in position to receive the ball so that you don't have to do these big lung busting um kind of runs. And I think that's 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 vital for Newcastle. Mm. Because I think when you're when you're down there, right, and, and obviously me watching Aston Villa quite closely and seeing them go through relegation battles and stuff like that, I think and coming out the other side as well, I think like you say, when you've learned to lose, it's very difficult. And that's why I believe that the right thing to do is to sack a coach who's who's on a run like that. Because when you've learned to lose, you need a fresh voice. You need a fresh voice. You need fresh perspective. You need it sharp. And nothing does that like having a fresh new coach with a fresh new approach. It gives certain players who weren't playing a bounce 
and certain players who were playing start feeling like, oh, you know what? I, I might need to step up the game. And just different information, you know? So you either need to kind of sack the head coach or you sack the coach who is who is coaching the players. You move that person on. It's either, mm. e- either one of the two. Because in, in some clubs, you know, obviously the coach just, I mean, the manager just picks the, the players, right? And and then there's a coaching team that go and coach them. So you either remove those um because I, I know I know with famously with Sir Alex Ferguson, every few years he used to just clear the coaches. The breakdown podcast. Clear mm. the coaches, get new ones in, just to keep the players fresh and to stop them getting used to it. It's, it's just human nature. So um I think it is right. And when you've learned to lose, like Newcastle had learned to either lose or to take certain results. And I don't and you know when you say learn to lose, I don't mean it in a patronizing way. I just mean it's not an unfamiliar feeling to be one nil down. That's yeah. what it is. It's that mentality switch. When you when when a one when one nil down doesn't feel it doesn't sting. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel like you're not angry. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, and you can't control. You stop being able to control it because it's like you started the game, and then it just happened so quickly, and then you're one nil down, and then it's like now you're having to try and chase a game that you were trying to sit back in. So I think it just that's the that's the danger when it comes to football of of having this doing the same thing and then maybe you're seeing the coach that comes out and puts the same eleven players out next game. So that's where I think it's more difficult. So I think them having a change of um, change of coach, change of information is also good. But um, what I wanted to kind of get into as well is like based on the current squad, right? That you mentioned the games they've got and they've got to play. I think it's Norwich. Norwich they've got to play. They've got some six pointers there. Let me just look. Uh, Norwich, Norwich so they've Burnley. got to play. Yeah, so they've got a home game against Norwich. <laughs> um, they've got to play against Burnley. Then they play against Leicester away. Then they've got Liverpool. Then they've got Man City. Then they've got New. Then they've got Manchester United. So they've got a run there: Liverpool, um, Man City, and Manchester United. Then Everton away, and that takes them up into the the new year. So it, the games are going to come thick and fast and stuff, but. If you if you were the coach now, who would you build your team around, and what would you do? Um, what would you do in terms of just being able to to work with the roster they have? Because until January, I've just mentioned all those fixtures. It, it who they've got is who they've got. So, what would you think is their best chance in terms of their yeah. players? Like, if you were to see their eleven and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So for for me, um, I think I would go with a four two three one. Um, so I'd have the Bravcrane goal. I'd have Mankio right back. I'd have Matt Ritchie left back. I'd have Lascelles and Fabian Shaw as the two centre backs, um, and then I'd have Willock and Hayden in front of them in the two, the pivot. And then in front of those guys, so on the left, um, I'd have Ryan Fraser. On the right, I'd have Jacob Murphy, um, and then Saint Max in the in the hole behind Wilson. Um, that's how I would go because. I think that sets up nicely for a counter-attacking situation. There's a lot of speed there. There's a lot of functionality and there's graft, which is what I think they, they need. Um, and I think if you can keep Callum Wilson fit and you can get um, St. Max next to Wilson, as you were saying, Cove, like if you can get him in those dangerous areas, I think that's where Newcastle are in business because we've seen it. You know, They, they, they scored three goals against Brentford. It's not that they, they, they're incapable of scoring goals. And Callum Wilson, for me, is, 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 a, is a very, very good striker if he's kept fit. Um, okay. St. Maximin as well, you know, he's been scoring goals this, this season. They're definitely capable. Um, getting the delivery to them as well and creating those, those relationships. You know, if, if I look at the raw minerals of Fraser, you know, Jacob Murphy, who for me, Murphy's, I, I don't know why he, he doesn't get more minutes. There must be something. But for me, whenever he's on the pitch, he's creating opportunities. He's always creating issues for the opposition um so in those wide areas if you have pace and you have delivery and you start to form those relationships between you know St Max and and, and Callum Wilson then for me you start to have the burgeoning of of something pretty pretty, pretty dangerous um if you if you can get you know Matt Ritchie's got good delivery from from the back um he's got excellent delivery from set piece situations Mankio I think on the other side is quite a defensive minded fullback so if you if you have Matt Ritchie who wants to do a bit more of the expansive stuff um, then at least you have the three who can shift over and you have Isaac Hayden there as well who can look after the back four. So for me, it's all about functionality. If you set up in that 4-2-3-1 shape um, 
and with a with a very very disciplined mindset around counter attacking. Um, I think for me, you can stop the rot a little bit. You can start to create like okay some stability and form relationships, and then they've got quality up front. They've got quality from from an attacking perspective. So I think I think um that's where I go. Yeah. So you said, but you you said so you said Ryan Fraser on the left. Yeah. You said and who on the right? Jacob Murphy. Murphy. Okay. Cool. So yeah. but, so with Ryan Fraser, do you do you feel like he can make an impact then? Because I I, I he's. <laughs> He's, he's signing, obviously, it was a controversial one at the time. Didn't want to sign yeah. an extension with Bournemouth. He's come to Newcastle and it just seems like he's just coasting along. He doesn't look like he's... I mean, he played on the weekend. I didn't realise he was playing, to be honest. <laughs> and that's not yeah. me being disrespectful. I just, I actually did genuinely didn't realise that he was on the pitch. Like, do you think he can still do a job? Definitely, definitely. I think Ryan Fraser, the, the, the season before he had that contractual situation was very, very good. Um, and I still see those elements within him. I think he's maybe not had the coaches um, at Newcastle, mm. or you know maybe Bruce not had the environment to be able to to express himself. But obviously, we don't know what goes on off the pitch. Apparently, there's a situation with him and Eddie Howe, uh, which which led to kind of that whole standoff situation. But if they can overcome that, and we're just thinking about you know his the opportunity on the pitch, mm. that relationship. If you remember with Callum Wilson, what they were doing at Bournemouth was very 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 good, very fruitful. Mm. And, add some of the other ingredients to it, St. Max and Murphy, for me, I think, yeah, definitely. Um, it's not to say that Almiron doesn't have a, a position, because he, he's, he mm. certainly does, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an excellent player as well with good potential. But for me, I would start with that front four and then maybe introduce Almiron for Murphy later on or Fraser later yeah. on. So who, who was your midfield two again? Your midfield two you were saying was? Hayden and Willock. Hayden and Willock. Okay, cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Cool. So my mine differs from yours a little bit. My Newcastle eleven. I've obviously gone for De- Debravka as well, um, because I think he's a good goalkeeper, um, good shot stopper, good from claiming crosses, just a good all round good goalkeeper. Um, yeah, I I, I agree. Mankio at right back for me is a must, absolute must. You, you know, you you got to put square pegs in square holes. Do you know what I mean? After a while, all of this chopping and changing, just get get that gone. For me, I've gone for um, uh, Lascelles, obviously at the back, and I've gone for Kieran Clark um, as his as okay. his as his defensive partner. For me, I feel like uh, those two they can work well together. Um, Kieran Clark, he 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 will put a challenge in. Um, he is susceptible though is in he at sometimes. Yeah, he was at Villa, so I've watched yeah, him a yeah, lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I he is susceptible sometimes to being rash, but I don't mind that. I kind of don't mind. I don't. I don't mind it next to themselves. I reckon I will put those two as a partnership. Um, and left back for me will be the guy that they signed from from Norwich and just haven't played him for whatever reason. I think he's going to end up playing Jamal Lewis. Plus Jamal he's Lewis, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna. He's he's my left back. The reason why I won't go with Matt Rich is because I think Matt Rich is not a left back in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. He's a winger. And a mid, you know, I, yeah. I even thought he was a centre mid to be honest. There Matt you go. <laughs> So it's like they need, you know, left back for me. Jamal Lewis would 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 do work well for me. Mankio, Lascelles, Clark, Jamal Lewis. You've got a back four. It's a decent back four. You can work and train with that. Then for me, I've gone. I've my shape's four three three. So I've gone with three in the midfield. Um, and for me, I've got Jacob Murphy in that midfield. Um, John Joe Shelby and Willock. For me, if you're Newcastle and you have somebody with the passing ability of Shelby, he needs to play. Especially if you see what I'm doing on my front line, Shelby needs to play because he's passing range. There's nobody in that squad who has a better passing range than him. It can be a bit leggy at times, can be a bit, you know, concentration can go. But I feel like if you if you can get him on the ball, get him playing. I think he played a couple of balls over the top on the weekend to um, Callum Wilson and put and put Arsenal right in trouble. You know, um, so I think he, he he can do a job. Jacob Murphy again, the pace, the thrust, you know, getting about the pitch. I would like Newcastle to play on the transition and be quite quick in the transitions. So that would be me. Willock, the quality, you need goals from midfield. You know, they're going to have to have goals from midfield. He's shown last season that he can score. Um, he can score a range of different types of goals. Um, and I think, yeah, so Shelby, Jacob Murphy, Willock. And in my my front three, um, Joel Linton's dropped um, because I... I I need I need productivity. That's the thing. Like that's the, you need output. That's oh, the man. problem. Like if you've cost forty million pounds and you have no output, because he's Joe Linton, he's strong, he's big, he gets it, he puts himself about, but it's just not enough quality. And he's got. Do you know what the funny thing is? He's got a decent touch. 
He's actually got a decent touch, but he just doesn't affect the games that he's in. Um, so, yeah, uh, for my front three is uh, St. Maximan on the left-hand side, um, Miguel Almiron on the right-hand side, and Wilson up front. So, for me, I've just gone straight for, you know what I mean? You know Almiron carrying the ball, you know, cutting in, doing what he has to do. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's just those runs. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can pull the the running out of um, Newcastle just yet. That's that's yeah. the reason why I'm going with this. I, I just think it's just part of who they are. You can't you can't get out of them. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, you might as well just have um, Almiron, um, St. Max on the left, and Wilson up front. And for me, it's like a 4-3-3 type of shape. It's a lot of energy. I've picked players that have got energy, you know. It's effort and energy because you're going to have to fight and scrap for these points. So the only thing I, I, I say is like, Almiron, for me, you have to build your side with Almiron in there, for me, personally. Because you can't leave that energy on the bench. Impossible. Like, if you do... Like, I, I take the razor point, though, because fr- Fraser point, Razor, Fraser point, because Fraser might have more quality, you know, in terms of quality, striking the ball quality in terms of delivery um, but I just don't know if you're going to get this out of the out of the squad you know St. Max are you really going to convince him to do one and two touch that's true you know, that's, a, that's, gonna, that's why I say that's why I say he's, he's got to play in the hole for me he's got to be able yeah. to do that like, like what he wants to do and get in central positions man it's true because from wide area I can see that he, he might be a bit of a mess but yeah Kofi what would you go with in terms of um, potentially with you yeah, I'm glad that you you guys went before me because I, even when you asked the question, I was still trying to puzzle it. It's mad. Because yeah. you know what? Newcastle, they've actually got a decent meat on the bones, you know. When you actually look at their, their roster, they do have a few bits. Like, other than the fence, their midfield and attack is actually quite meaty. But, um, yeah, so the Rafka in goal, um, you've got Mankio right back. I, I would go to Fabian Scher and the Sells, um centre-backs. I would go Jamal Lasalle's left back. Um, the Matt Ritchie one, I just felt it's mad. Maybe, maybe I'm just going by player personality, but I just feel like he's a bit rash and I don't feel like he's that disciplined in that sort of position. If we're going to play a 4-2-3-1, which is the formation I would personally go with. Mm. Um, I think a left wing back position, he's fine. Um, yeah. And left think, wing. And, and, yeah, and left wing, wing. yeah. yeah. But, but in, a, in a left back position, I don't feel like he would have that discipline anyway. Um, he could do, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, and then in the two midfield, I'd have Isaac Hayden and John Joe Shelby. Um, mm. And then it's weird because I was thinking of Sean Longstaff at one point. He's, really, mm. he's a jolly lad, really, really good. Um, I, I feel like he, he'd obviously be really, really down for the fight and all the rest of it, but I cannot... Right off, Joe Willock and what he, especially mm. what he did in his impact on Newcastle, especially when he um, went down on loan, getting him close to the goal, him and him another one, getting him close to the goal is something that I think um, Eddie Howe needs to obviously look at. Looks, it has to implement. Um, so I think getting him in would be really good. Getting Saint Max on the left hand side, but not so much wide left, but inside left, closer to Wilson and Willock, getting really involved. And you already know this guy. He doesn't do one, two touch, as you just said. He mm. runs with the ball. So you pick up white from wide and come in anyway and cause damage, regardless. Do you know mm. what I mean? And then I would have Wilson up top. And then the right hand side, I'm really struggling because the mega armor one, he's Newcastle's darling. He's his darling. Mm. That's his, he's the darling boy, you know, in Geordie Town. But the Jacob Murphy one, I can't ignore him, man. Mm. Having him. As an actual wide man that actually concentrates on whipping balls in crosses and not all the rest of it. Not he runs as well, but he's got this thing where I'm just like, yo, he can actually provide a delivery. And he's the sort of person who would actually develop a really good relationship with um Mankio, who likes mm-hmm. to do over- overlapping runs himself as well. And he's got a couple of assists this season as well. So I just feel like playing him as a right footer as opposed to a left footer coming in. Uh, would be really good for them when you've got, mm. say, Max on the left already coming in on his right, you know? Mm. So just to provide that extra option would be really good. So, yeah, that's what I'd go with, man. Yeah. And Wilson needs service as well. That's why exactly. the, the, the Murphy ones, it's a good shot because Wilson needs service. Like, you've seen 
every time Wilson's on it, but he's not going to create for himself. You know, he's mm-hmm. not going to create goals for himself. Give him the service. This guy's going to start destroying. Do you know what I mean? And he, and he will get his goal tally up. So, um, you know, for me, that like even just this discussion is like like filling me with more hope that they can they can um, turn around their results and stuff. It's just for me now. It's just up to Eddie Howe whether he's going to be bold enough to make those calls or he's going to stick with you know, kind of um, what he's going with and obviously the results just tail off because there is, let's be under no illusion. If Newcastle, I'm going to give Newcastle 10, 12, 13 games. It's not inconceivable that they could clear a manager in the same season that they've hired him. It's not inconceivable because if, if, if Newcastle look like they're going down with 320 billion in their ownership, right, are you telling me? me Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when you say it like that, yeah, I'm sure it's deep in it. Yeah, they'll get rid. It's it's not. In, I know it's where we are. It's mad, but it's true. Like you know, if they feel like that's not happening, you have to act. You have to act. But I feel like January will be their saving grace. So just to round up on the Newcastle thing, what's one, one or two, one area? What you would say is their probably priority area for January in terms of signing signing that position. So don't say necessarily players, but what. What area of the pitch would you say they need to sign someone there more than anything else? Centre back. Mm. I Agreed. think centre back straight away. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I couldn't agree more, man. The centre back area is a really big area for them. They need to yeah. It. I I would say centre half as well. I'd say centre half is the, the most important position because they just need to upgrade the quality, even if it means they have to clear um, themselves. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you can get better than him, you have to. It's too you know, rash, man. Um, it's too yeah. rash. Yeah, he, he's he's got a bit of the championship thing about him, right? Where it's just yeah. like it's a bit of a rough and tumble. It's a bit of like you know, <laughs> kind of, you do a couple of you know a couple of good things, a couple of bad things, you know, but it evens itself out. Rough in the and game, tumble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that finishing. You know what I mean? They're finishing, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Where it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot of like reacting. It's a lot of like. Like screaming and shouting, but it's not a lot of like cool, calm sort yeah. of. I know what's happening. I'm in control. I can see across the line. I can stop scorch out fires. It's just not a lot of that. Hundred yeah. percent, I agree with you. And you see what he did to Martin Lenny. You, you see the way he mm. g-checked him as well. Mm. That, I'm sorry, that that's not defending, bruv. That that's mad. <laughs> so I, what you're saying is completely right. That him, I know he's captain and all, but uh, I know that I've even included him in the starting eleven. I didn't want to. As you yeah. to the roster, <laughs> and there's no one else. <laughs> maybe, maybe Fernandez actually. I don't even know if he's fit, but he's 33 odd now, so I don't know. But yeah, man, yeah, they need to address that quick. <laughs> the centre half, do you know what I mean? But boy, we'll we'll see what happens with Newcastle. I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about them again on this on this podcast in in a few weeks' time. We'll check in on them. But obviously, last thing I want to touch on just in the in the couple of couple of minutes that we have got left. Obviously, the Ballon d'Or. Um, is going on as we speak. Um, I don't know if have they announced a winner. Nah, but Pedri has definitely won the young. He's won the Copper Award. Um, yeah, Pedri won the trophy, so he is best under twenty one player. Mm. So, in your in your eyes, being honest, who who who's who should win that Ballon d'Or? Lower. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there, there can be any doubt. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Louis. If <laughs> if Lewandowski doesn't end up winning it, it's just a travesty, really. That's two that he should really have got, right? That's two. Unless you're gonna throw Mo in there. <laughs> God, get out of it, man. Mo doesn't <laughs> score overhead kicks. Sorry, man. Nah, I'm messing up. He does score overhead. Did you did you see Lewandowski's overhead kick the other day in the Champions League? Yeah, he, he's wild, man. He's a oh, wild guy. He's taking a mick, and it's like I was saying to Kofi earlier. People are not talking about Lewandowski enough. Like they're not giving him enough flowers. Twenty five goals already. That's some of our favorite strikers' our career highest that they've scored in a season, and they are <laughs> club legends. Yeah, and yeah. they banked twenty five, thirteen league games and that the amount of scoring in the Champions League I if Messi wins it I understand isn't it that like like you like you were saying earlier Kofi it's the Argentina thing Maradona's passing 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a lot of sentimental value and stuff like that with them being able to go on and win a trophy. But he's, Messi's not the best player in the world. That's facts. it. Facts, facts, facts. It's just not. Um, it's unfortunate. It's mad because even now, it's just dawning me. I just feel like it's going to happen. It's going to be Messi. I shouldn't be upset, but I am upset because of the level thing. You know, we even spoke about it, Mark, as well. We've spoken about it many times as well. What what happened with him last season, the, the technical, the technicality of him being robbed of the Ballon d'Or last season when to be he was going to win it without a shadow mm. of a doubt. Um, and then to see him, well, I mean, this year is a bit, it's a bit closer because I think you, you got that the likes of Jorginho. I mean, in, in the conversation and stuff, given what he's won, um. But again, to, to, for him not to win it, Lewandowski not to win it would be a complete travesty, man. Um, I'd feel for him. Really, really feel for him. Yeah, I won't be mad at Georgino winning it. To be honest, I won't be mad if either, but it's just like, it'd be a shame. I don't mind. If they if they want to give it to Jorginho, I'm not I'm not as bothered because he has played a, a, an important role in both club and international together and won two of the highest honours that he could potentially win. So I'm not I'm not as mad. But the Messi one over the Lewandowski, I just feel like because they're two attacking players, it's just it's very difficult. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So we'll see, man. I'm sure we'll find out what's going on. And um, yeah. The Breakdown Podcast.